Alright, so as I promised a few episodes ago, here is my lyrical analysis of Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit. And you might be wondering, why why are you doing this? Why are you looking at this song? And it's, it's because, well, some people hear this song and they look at the lyrics and they think, well, those lyrics don't even make any sense. Um, they're not even intelligent or, or whatever. It's like a very uh, stream of conscious sounding song. And I've even known people who uh, told me that it's kind of a dumb song and all that kind of stuff. And one one of my buddies actually admitted, you know, that he, he even agreed that Nirvana's a good band and that Kurt Cobain is even underrated as a guitarist or whatever. But he said, you know, Kurt Cobain's lyrics are just like often stupid or they don't really make sense or they're, like I said, stream of conscious. So I decided to look into the song again, give it another look. Obviously, uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit is really one of the most popular rock songs, not only from the 90s, not only from the grunge genre, but from rock history overall. You know, practically everybody's heard it. If you were around in the 1990s, especially the early 1990s, you definitely were hearing this somewhere because it was on MTV all the time. And if you were my age, you were watching MTV, maybe not all the time, but sometimes probably. You know, unless you lived under a rock or whatever. And in fact, uh, it was so commonly played that I wasn't even a huge fan of the song. I, I thought it was overplayed. And... um I didn't really start to appreciate it until later. I did like other Nirvana songs, but I just thought, you know, this one was just way, way overdone. But here I am now. I'm going to demonstrate why the lyrics to the song are actually smarter than a lot of people would probably think. And even that it's actually probably not nearly as random as some people think. I know there is sort of a stream of conscious feel to the lyrics, and they they even sound like, you know, just somebody kind of randomly saying some stuff. But I've decided that it's a little bit deeper and more complex than that. So I'm going to start where a lot of people would by noting how the song got its name. So um, this is actually a pretty well-known story. And Wikipedia says it about as well as anybody else does. And to be fair, they do cite sources here, which are really just articles that are themselves potentially speculative in nature. So, I mean, you might want to, you know, take that into account here. But Wikipedia says the title derives from a phrase written on Cobain's wall by his friend Kathleen Hanna singer of the Riot Girl band Bikini Kill, so she wrote, Kurt smells like teen spirit. So think about that. She was a part of rock history, even apart from being in Bikini Kill. She actually played a significant role in um, creating one of the most well-known rock song titles in history. And uh, she meant that 
Kurt Cobain smelled like the deodorant teen spirit, which she and Toby Vale, his then-girlfriend, had discovered during a trip to the grocery store. Cobain said he was unaware of the deodorant until months after the single was released and had interpreted it as a revolutionary slogan because because they were talking about, you know, things like punk rock and anarchism or, or whatever, rebellion, basically. And uh, so, you know, I, I, I don't know to what extent that's true. Maybe he did actually know the deodorant existed. I don't know. But that's sort of the uh, common narrative. I, I will explain that there is some potential evidence that he was aware of the joke she was making. So, um, let's stubbornly and irrationally cling to the premise that maybe Kurt Cobain did know it was a brand of deodorant. You know, let, let's start with that premise. Whether he knew it or not, the teen spirit as a deodorant thing ties into punk rebellion being a fashion that people wear to conceal their own stink like a deodorant. So, you know, that's that's sort of an interesting premise, right? I mean, that's that's just me kind of spitballing ideas here, but if you really think about it, like that actually kind of works thematically. It makes a little bit of sense. And this is really where my lyrical analysis is starting here. What you should learn through my little rant is that one, I have too much time on my hands, and two, even though it's not my favorite Nirvana song, and I know some people who think the lyrics are stupid, it's actually way smarter than people would ever give it credit for. In fact, in fact, the lyrics are actually so smart and deep that I will sound like a raving, pretentious fanboy prick just for elaborating on my points. But one general point I will defend is simply that the song is way more complex than just a bunch of random words thrown together haphazardly, even if that truly is how it was assembled. I'll get more into the complex nature of random word association songwriting toward the end, I'm sure. And uh, let's get back to the deodorant and punk rebellion angle, though. While Smells Like Teen Spirit might have, in some ways, regarded punk as rebellion and rebellion as potentially good, the song itself is by no means a cheerleader anthem for rebellion. It's more about existential angst than that. But it's also actually more humorous than some people seem to think too. And you might have to agree with me more as I delve into Kurt's wordplay and you'll maybe get a sense of the actual humor that's on display. Though Kurt Cobain obviously respected plenty of punk and alternative bands, he is perhaps also making fun of punk rock rebellion while tying that theme into broader themes. So let's look at the lines, load up on guns, bring your friends. So some people mention this as a youth revolution of sorts, which ties into the punk rock mythos. But it can also mean innocent and fun activities becoming dangerous, potentially starting innocently, but winding up as mindless rebellion with serious consequences. So we're already actually kind of getting some deeper meaning from, you know, just those words, right? 
And then the next line is, it's fun to lose and to pretend. So to me, that means, you know, games and sports are more fun when you can actually win. But do winners really win if they cause losers pain? That's that's the kind of thing that I think of when I hear those uh, lines. And then, of course, the next line is, she's overboard and self-assured. So it gets interesting here because overbore, O-V-E-R-B-O-R-E, means to dominate or overcome. And uh, it also means to press or bear down with weight or physical force. So one might suggest that means non-consensual sex. But it could also simply mean the pressure of becoming an adult. And of course, losing one's innocence. And there's the other meaning, excessively bored, or gone overboard, could be another meaning. And of course, overboard means, you know, you're over the side of a ship or boat into the water. Go overboard means to do something in a way that is excessive or extreme, and to do too much of something. So think about that. There's all those different possible meanings in there, right? So is, isn't the song already a little bit more complex? Like a little deeper than uh, just something that's entirely stream of conscious? And then even his next line, which is really simple. Oh no, I know a dirty word. Well, this line is sarcastic, showing how the loss of innocence means more than just a kid learning swear words. But swear words are still considered by some to be more taboo than a way of life that literally destroys lives. Society is too stupid to understand that offensively arranged syllables are not nearly as offensive as misapplied or sinisterly applied or misunderstood meanings, which could have negative or even deadly consequences. This also ties back into how the whole punk rock thing was often deliberately politically incorrect, not not just for shock value, but also simply to expose the brutality concealed by offensive words. While Kurt himself didn't tend to use deliberately offensive language, he no doubt recognized value in those who employed sarcastically offensive lyrics to deride society. You know, that was part of punk rock culture at the time. And, you know, punk was supposed to reflect growing up uh, in a manner of speaking and, you know, becoming mature and understanding that this, you know, this society has some elements that are a sham or, you know, worth rebelling against. No doubt he also saw some expressed outrage as being fake by being outraged by certain words, we are adding a layer of emotional abstraction on top of them, thus complicating issues even further, which is why language and being offended by language are almost like a curse. This may sound like an overly deep analysis, but in my defense, Kurt Cobain was actually a fan of William S. Burroughs, the beat poet, who was known for comparing human language to a virus from outer space meaning that words we use can sneakily control and potentially destroy lives like an infectious virus, especially if we're not careful to deconstruct language and essentially render it more harmless. 
Smells Like Teen Spirit also deals with how emotions are like a curse, as reflected in the very next line. So this line is, of course, the famous, Hello, 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 how low, which he repeats a bunch of times. You know, hello, 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 how low. It's really a play on words. And it's it's actually, it's something that sounds stupid, right? But it's actually, it, it fits into the rest of the song in a surprising way. Oddly enough, that's it's almost stupidly simple, um, but it's one of the smartest lines. It takes the simple greeting of hello and suggests that it's often hollow or empty. You know, like, you can hear um, how low in there, which sounds like the word hollow, and it also literally implies how low can we get, as in the expression how low, you know, and a res- it's a response to something that was unfair that happened, and oddly enough, it almost doesn't sound like grasping too much to mention the game of limbo, which, you know, literally tests people to see how low a person can go, and it's also a game that people play at parties, you know, like this song is partly about partying, right? And uh, what do you know? You might limbo at a party. Of course, limbo also has meaning in uh, actual Christian beliefs. You know, it's the supposed abode of the souls of unbaptized infants and of the just who died before Christ returned, right? So obviously baptism is said to represent forgiveness and cleansing from sin and the religion of Christianity. Limbo also has a less religious context, meaning an uncertain period of awaiting a decision or a resolution, an intermediate state or condition. Limbo also can mean a place or state of oblivion to which persons or things are regarded as being relegated when cast aside, um, forgotten, past, or out of date. Notice how virtually all of these themes actually tie together with a surprising amount of cohesion. And uh, they go together with the other themes that I brought up. Obviously, it's possible that Kurt didn't literally map all of these things out. Yet, it's it's also possible that he did, you know? Um, and, and you're going to see later on how some of the other lyrics that sound like they're completely random and stream of conscious are actually pretty uh, linked together in a very obvious way. So um, what's the next line? Oh yeah, with the lights out, it's less dangerous. So usually people are more afraid of the dark than light, but if they're up to no good, then the light actually becomes one's enemy, and you actually might fear the light or being exposed more than darkness, right? Also, some people prefer to have, you know, sexual relations in the dark, especially if they're self-conscious. And, of course, they're going to be more self-conscious um, in sort of the society that Kurt Cobain is criticizing here. Oddly enough, these themes also tie into many of the other themes already established, which is itself becoming a theme, right? You know, I mean... Am I making sense here? I think I am. So the next line is, here we are now, entertain us. So it's it's folk knowledge that 
Uh, Kurt used to say that when he entered the room at a party. He apparently said, here we are now, entertain us. And what do you know, the party environment has been a pretty regular theme throughout the song, correct? You know, like um, youth rebellion party, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. Loss of innocence, various different themes. And then the next line, of course, is I feel stupid and contagious. That's part of the um, theme we feel um, when we're judged. You know, we're, we can feel stupid and contagious. And obviously parties are about having fun for some people. But actually at a, at a lot of these uh, social functions, people are really judging each other. And some people spend more time doing that than actually partying. And, you know, they might spend more time drinking and drugging than partying or, like, having fun. And, you know, that can lead to addiction and all that kind of stuff. And the contagious line curiously ties into the earlier points about language making us ill like a virus from outer space. Um, you know, so language is contagious. Ideas are contagious and they spread. So here's the other weird line that really sounds completely random, but is actually one of the one of those things that's actually surprisingly brilliant. Because he says a mulatto, an albino, a mosquito, my libido. So this line, like so many others in the song, actually, you know, like I said, it sounds random and nonsensical. However, as others have noted, and uh, I think this is true, I, I did some research into it, those words mulatto, albino, mos and mosquito are actually named for cocktails, and um, those reduce inhibitions, and obviously cocktails are alcoholic, so it kind of ties into the other themes I've mentioned. And then, of course, libido is sexual, which relates to um, the reduced inhibitions. People are more likely to get it on. So, obviously he says, yay. So does does even that word have meaning here? So, I think it does. It's an obviously sarcastic-sounding expression of joy in the song. So, you have all these different elements thrown together, and... So many of these lines, they do sound like they're just stream of conscious and nonsense. And e But even the word yay actually has meaning in the context of the song. Which, um, you know, I, 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 am, I, am I drawing too much out of these lyrics? I don't know, maybe. But to me, what I'm saying actually makes sense. And then there's the next line. I'm worse at what I do best, and for this gift I feel blessed. Our little group has always been, and always will until the end. Many suggest this line refers to Kurt Cobain's much maligned lack of chops as a guitarist, which is plausible. And our little group could refer, obviously, to a band. And maybe uh, the song references house parties that Kurt Cobain was playing at, especially earlier on in his career. I don't know. Uh, still being worse at what one does best could also just refer to being considered a loser, you know, at, or, or whatever in general. 
So remember what I said earlier. Games and sports are more fun when you can win. And if you don't win, you will probably end up being bullied or depressed or, you know, any number of things. Of course, these themes all tie together, too. If you're in a music scene and don't play the way certain people want, you won't be as popular. You know, people will say you suck and, uh, you know, you just won't have success uh, commercially, socially, all that kind of stuff. So obviously Kurt Cobain dealt with some of those kinds of pressures, too. So this song is also a comment on the music scene, like so many different songs are. In that sense, if you were looking back at the whole punk rock thing, it can really end up just just being as bad as jocks, you know, the uh, stereotypical athletes who bully people. Or you can find that in uh, all these other scenes in high school or in the music world. You know, people can just be bullies. They can be jerks. Or if, if you want to go back to the limbo religion idea, if you weren't good enough to live and be baptized as a baby, you'll be stuck in limbo in some indeterminate waiting room before you can be saved by the Jesus man, so to speak. So if you tie this concept together with the punk rock scene, those judging you as being too flawed to make rock's pantheon are almost keeping you as a loser or in a permanent state of limbo, and you just keep on trying and failing, and it'll end up making look more pathetic. You know, how low can you go? That's uh, See how these themes all kind of tie together? Um, they make sense to me. And, um, you know, maybe I'm a little bit biased here, but I'm starting to think, you know, um, maybe Kurt Cobain actually knew what he was saying in this song. Uh, what the next line is, and I forget just why I taste. Oh yeah, I guess it makes me smile. So as, as others have noted... It could obviously be a line referring to alcohol and other drugs. But oddly enough, it could also be about Kurt sometimes forgetting why he's involved in music or why he bothers to taste it, so to speak. Yet again, it's a little freaky how compatible these ideas actually are. Like all these lines actually go together, even though they, they do sound a little bit clunky, right? Clunky and random. But they work. And the next line is, I found it hard, was hard to find, oh well, whatever, never mind. So this is one of the most obviously humorous lines in the song, possibly referring to songwriting struggles, but maybe also about giving up on the search for meaning, or the search for success, or maybe love. And it's comparable to a lost mundane object like a car key or a TV remote. I found it hard might refer to life being difficult, so a jaded person becomes hard to find. Maybe. I don't know. I might be uh, not properly understanding these lines myself, but it, they're obviously open to interpretation. So the final line is him repeating a denial, a denial, a denial. So this is where all the themes I mentioned combine. And uh, if you care to add all this into the mix, you, you get thrown into a blender. And, you know, there's a bunch of uh, 
possibilities. You know, you have a crescendo along with a mulatto, an albino, mosquito, libido, and Cheetos and Doritos and um, <laughs> burritos. And all. you know, I'm just randomly riffing here. But, you know, it's the point is it's not, not as random as some might have you believe. It's actually more of an intelligent song than some think. It's not even as stream of conscious as some people think. Especially if you look at those those cocktail lines. You know, he, he knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. And uh, so is this song actually uh, brilliant? Well, that depends on your opinion. But I think I've provided a little bit of evidence that it's not completely stupid. And... Um, you know, Kurt Cobain had a sense of the meaning of the words that he was putting down. 